And so, God, we recognize on this night that you came to us in the form of a small child. As we hear the sounds that the kids are making around us right now, God, we're so thankful for sending your son, Jesus Christ, in the most vulnerable form to this place. We thank you, God, that the sin that is in each and every one of us, God, that you didn't allow this to stop you from rescuing us. And so as we talk about and celebrate Jesus right now, God, we pray that you would give us ears to hear what it is you want to say to us, Lord. We pray that the Holy Spirit would stir amongst us and stir in our hearts in a way that some of us never even knew possible. So, Lord, speak to us now. We thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to say hi to everybody way in the back there. We heard you yelling earlier. I can see you waving. Thank you so much. We have got quite a crowd tonight, and it's such a testimony to how good God is. So, uh, my name is Pastor Jamie Kendrew, and as we said earlier, we're so thankful that you're here and it's Christmas. I know. Are you guys excited about Christmas? I mean, family, we're celebrating family. We're celebrating all this good stuff and turkey and ham. But the most important thing is we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but that is good news because what seemed like an impossible situation between man and God with this whole sin thing, Christ came and forever fixed. And so tonight, we're going to finish up our sermon series as we talk about, not finish, but we're in it, um, uh, called Anticipation. And so here we are, it's Christmas night. I can't think of a more um, defining moment of what anticipation is than Christmas Eve. I don't know about you, but I remember as a, as a little kid, as many of you are little kids right now, you're real excited, but yeah, that was this excitement and that anticipation of what tomorrow brings. Will there be snow? Will there be a mountain full of gifts? What is it going to be? And so at this time of year, it's, it's just normal for us to go into this anticipation mode. Here I am some 30 years later, and I still get all antsy on Christmas, looking forward to seeing what's under the tree. But again, what I look forward to more is another year of celebrating what God has done in my life and what I'm seeing God do in your lives as well. So it is with great anticipation that we're here this evening. What an impossible story. When you really think about the story of Jesus Christ, it's quite an impossible story, isn't it? Let me say it this way. Have you ever watched a movie... And let's say you're watching a movie and you're with that person. And let's say you're watching a movie about ogres and orcs and there's little guys who are named hobbits. They're running around and there's flying eagles fighting flying bats. And you're watching this movie and some point in this movie, one of the main characters falls off the back of an eagle. And at the last moment, a very second class character reaches down and grabs him by the hand. We've all seen this kind of movie, right? And so what happens is, is the guy sitting next to me makes this statement. There's no way he would have caught him. There's no way that would have happened. That's impossible. 
And my comment to people like that is you're watching a movie about eagles and bats flying in the air with dwarves and ogres riding on them, and the thing that you're concerned about is whether or not the physics of a grabbing somebody can actually happen. Do you see the dilemma? Don't worry about this. Worry about this. We have this phrase that we say all the time as people. We say, that's impossible. But listen to me, church. God is like a good movie director because that word impossible is just a mere suggestion to our God. Our God is that big that the word impossible holds no reign over Him because God loves ridiculously crazy stories of the underdog coming forth as the winner, doesn't He? I mean, if you're saved, you should be able to relate to that because we're all underdogs, aren't we? This evening, we've got three beautiful stories that I want to share with you about kind of these impossible situations where God does something absolutely amazing in the lives of His people. And the first story I want to share with you comes from the book of Matthew, or excuse me, Luke. So if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to the book of Luke, but I'm going to give you a brief rundown of this one. There's a man by the name of Zechariah. Zechariah is a good, God-fearing man. He's got this old wife, Elizabeth. And I'm allowed to call her old because the Bible calls her old. So don't judge me. So you've got this man, Zechariah. He's serving in the temple. And the Word of God says that Gabriel, an angel of the Lord, appears to him and says these words to him. He says, Your wife is going to give birth to a child. Zechariah looks at the angel and goes, she's old. How is she ever going to give birth to a child? That's where the story begins. Because you see this angel that appears to Zechariah is the angel Gabriel. And I'm going to read to you from the scriptures because I love the power in these words. They're so good. It says this, an angel of the Lord Uh, appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. If you saw an angel of the Lord just appear behind me, do you think you would be startled and gripped with fear? Because we're all sinners, right? And when that angel shows up, we don't know if we're in trouble or not because we're all broken. We're all falling short of the glory of God. So this angel shows up and he says this, The angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Wow. And you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drinks, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. And many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He's speaking of John the Baptist. And Zechariah demonstrates the stupidity as us of men in this moment. Because men have this problem. We always ask, well, why? 
We have these moments of doubts, these moments of fear. And Zechariah asked the angel, how can this be? I'm an old man and my wife is old. You can laugh at that. I want you to think about that. This angel appears to him and Zechariah's only statement is, that can't happen, my wife's old. See, what you don't know about this story is Elizabeth is, is a barren woman. Their whole life they wanted to have children, but for some reason they couldn't have children. And now in this moment, this angel's going to show up and tell me, me, my old bones, that me and my wife are going to have a baby? Does he know how this works? I'm not having a baby. And I love the angel's response. He says, you may be old, but I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. If anybody hands you a business card and the qualifying statement on it is, I stand in the presence of God, you better listen up. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you to tell you good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day that it happens. See, what happens is, is God shows up and gives a message to Zechariah. And because Zechariah is a silly man, he has these doubts and these fears and he runs his mouth. And the angel says, you know what? Until your child is born, you're silencio. You are quiet. You are not allowed to speak. And so the Bible tells us that Zechariah served his time in the temple and went home unwilling to speak. So what you have is this relationship, this impossible relationship between Zechariah and Elizabeth that cannot produce a child. But God says, impossible does not work for me because not only are you going to give birth to a son, you're going to give birth to John the Baptist and he is going to prepare the way for the Savior of all things. The next relationship we look at is in our scripture this morning. We look at this relationship that Mary has with God. There's an impossible circumstance. Here's Mary, this young bride. She's betrothed to be married to a man by the name of Joseph, who's the town's carpenter. Joseph is a good guy. Mary and he are betrothed, which in that culture is a legally binding thing. It's as if they're already married. They're just not allowed to participate in married people things. And so what ends up happening is, is Mary encounters somebody. She encounters an angel, as you guessed, by the name of Gabriel. So in Luke 1.26, we find this story, this impossible story. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So you have to remember as sinful people, when the angel of the Lord shows up, as you probably would, you would start to think, am I in trouble? So Mary's having a very human moment here. The angel says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Now see, 
Zechariah had this moment in his life where he questioned what the angel was saying. And this is where we see a big difference between men and women because what Mary does in this moment is she doesn't question what the angel is saying. She just simply asks the question, how's it going to happen? For it continues by saying this in verse 34, Mary says, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then he reveals to, him, to her the news of Elizabeth. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who said to be barren is already in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. So now we have this impossible relationship with the Virgin Mary. You know, Mary is somebody special. She's the mother of Jesus Christ. And she's holy and she's, she's, she's faithful to what God has called her to, just as Zachariah is. But what I admire about Mary is when God gave her something, gave her this order, gave her this command, she didn't have doubt. She just simply asked questions. And I want to tell you, church, when God is speaking in your life, it's okay for you to ask questions. It's okay for you to say, God, what are you doing? I'm not doubting. I just want to know where you're leading me, where you're taking me. And sometimes God will reveal his plan in a mighty way to you. But sometimes God's going to reveal his plan to you on a need-to-know basis. But God is good. And God took an impossible situation. And he used it as the way in which he would bring Jesus Christ into this world. A virgin... Who is pregnant? It's impossible. How could that happen? The third relationship that we want to look at right now is this. You see, God loved us, loves us. And in the beginning when he created us, he actually created us in his image. Did you know that? That you're created to look like, to smell like, to be like God? And what ends up happening in the beginning of creation is God is actually dwelling in a place called the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. They're hanging out together. They're fellowshipping together. And God desired to be with his people. He desired to be hanging out with us. And what happens is is Satan, in all of his messed up anger and rage, thinking that he's better than God, came down to this garden and he tempted Adam and Eve. He didn't make them sin. They sinned on their own. And they were disobedient to God. And when they were disobedient to God, sin entered them. Sin is opposition to God. Sin is anything we do that's opposed to God. And when sin entered them, that image of God that that we're all created in was shattered and broken. Because God is goodness, because God is light, mankind, it was impossible now. For mankind to dwell with God. In fact, God showed up in the garden and he said, where are you? Because man hid himself. Adam hid himself. And he said, we were hiding ourselves because we were naked. God said, who told you you were naked? And that sinful nature came upon man. And each and every one of us since has been infected with that. God is goodness. 
God is light. And never again, as long as there's sin, can man dwell with God. That's a pretty impossible circumstance, isn't it? But see, that's what's so good about Christmas. Is because God said, I love my people so much that I am going to make a way for them to be restored. I am going to make a way for that image of God to be fixed. And that's why He sent Jesus Christ to this earth. On this Christmas, when He sends Jesus to earth on Christmas, He sent Him as a sacrifice for you. Because you see, when we sinned, there had to be an atoning sacrifice. And Jesus Christ would become that sacrifice on the cross. The same baby Jesus we celebrate in that manger is the same Jesus on Easter who will lay His life down for the forgiveness of your sins so that that relationship can be unified between you and between God. It's impossible for darkness and light to be together. But because of Jesus Christ laying His life down for the forgiveness of your sins... Christ made a way for you to be saved, for you to be spared, for you to have life, for you to live again. I don't know what the broken circumstances are in your life. I don't know what the impossible thing in your life, maybe it's a a marriage, maybe it's a work thing, maybe it's a school thing, maybe it's a relationship with a family member. I don't know, but listen to me. Nothing is impossible with God. He can take the most broken, dejected, messed up person in the world and He can use them to bring glory to Himself. God desires a relationship with you. And maybe there's some of you sitting out there right now saying, God could never want a relationship with me. I'm too broken. I'm too messed up. You don't know the stuff that I have done. Listen to me. I don't care about the stuff that you've done because I know what Jesus did. And because of what Jesus did, all the stuff that you have done is fixable. God can restore your relationships because of what Jesus did. God can restore your marriages, your your, your workplace things, your life, your finances, whatever it is that's going on in your life. God can and will fix it. You have to just depend upon Him. And it may look different than what you're thinking because God has a plan for you. He has a will for you and He wants to see you be what He wants you to be. And so as we pray for God's will in our lives, church, I want to challenge us. Are we looking for our own will or are we looking for what God wants? Because I promise you that Mary as a young bride wasn't thinking, hey, how fantastic would it be if I ran around telling everybody I'm pregnant and I'm still a virgin? I don't think that's how she envisioned it at all. But what ends up happening is is she gets to be a part of the greatest story that was ever told because she said, God, I don't know what in the world you're doing, but I trust you and I love you and I'm committing myself to you and no matter how crazy it gets, God, I'm going to hang in there. And she became a part of something bigger than herself. God wants you to be a part of the story. 
The gift of Christmas is the gift of Jesus Christ. And for some of you out there, you've already received that gift. You know what that's all about. But tonight, if you have not received that gift, I want to challenge you, please come talk to me after the service. Because if your life is feeling empty or you just don't feel connected, you feel like there's something missing, you feel like you're a shattered version of what you used to be, I promise you God wants to fix you. He wants to heal you and make you in to what He desires you to be. And following the service, I want to challenge you, please come up and talk to me or any of the other pastors. Because God wants to take that impossible relationship and He wants to fix it. Are you hearing me tonight, church? That God loves you so much that He would be willing to send His only Son to die for you on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins. They didn't take His life from Him. Jesus laid it down for you. We have a reason to celebrate this Christmas. We have a Savior. You know the Creator of everything. And He is good. And God is good. That's a good message, isn't it? God loves you. And so as this Christmas happens tonight and tomorrow, take time and worship Him and thank Him for what He's done for you. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you. We love you, Lord, that you are a defeater of the impossible. That that word holds no reign over you, God. And we thank you for the way that you demonstrate to us that Unlike Zechariah, we are called to have faith in what you're saying to us. We pray that we would be like Mary in the way that she heard your voice, heard your angel, and was obedient to what you were saying to her. God, help us to be obedient. Lord, we thank you for sending Jesus to right the wrongs in our life. We thank you that we have Christmas to celebrate the birth of our King. And we look forward, God, as it tells us in your word, that one day we will all celebrate together with you in eternity. And so, God, as we long for that day, as we look forward to your coming, we pray that you would use us in this life now and speak through us and help us to just celebrate you in your name.